This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with a very, very talented, well-written, well-read, well-fed food critic from Milwaukee Magazine, oh, Ann Christensen. Thank you, Tariq. It's just and, uh, so kind to be um, introduced that way. Well, you deserve it. You Thank earned you. it. Thank you. And it's the holidays. You know. It is the holidays. And uh, me, Tariq. You and know today me. we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas songs. No, we're not going to talk no. about that. Never. I hate Christmas songs. <laughs> anyway, uh, on this week. You like the theme to The Grinch, though, I bet. The, the, the Grinch new is one? Stole Christmas. No, the, just the, anything Grinchy. Oh. Yeah, I, right. the Grinch is too Christmassy for me, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But uh, on this week's edition of The Spice, it's coming to the end of the year. And uh, and you featured uh, a great cover story on the on the uh, Milwaukee Magazine's best new Milwaukee restaurants. So we want to highlight five of those best new Milwaukee restaurants to check out, and we want you to talk about some of these. Um, so this is the whole episode this week. So let's get it kicked off. So tell me about first. Tell me about how did you go about the selection process, and then let's highlight one. This story is a retrospective. You know, mm. a, a lot of people love to do that at the end mm. of the year. You want to look at what was, what were the highlights. And um, when we talk about new restaurants, I think it's always interesting in your mind, probably in many people mm. that are that are as close to watching the dining scene mm. as, as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, new restaurants mean like what within the last year. But I think to the general public, uh, I think even up to a year and a half, two years, that's still new. Yeah. So that's so I went kind of broader, looking at restaurants that are a little bit older, like Third Coast Provisions, mm. still new, uh, and rounded them up. And it makes a really interesting, diverse mix of restaurants. It's, it's interesting when you put them all together. Uh, but you want to talk about uh, one of my yeah. one of the first ones? Yeah, one, one, of, the ones one, that, one of the first ones. I guess it was one one that I that I led off with. Yeah. There were twelve restaurants, not in any particular order, but really? we numbered them because designers love to do that. Art yeah. designers, um, the restaurant Call math. It is it is called math. Yeah. But it's also, I think, it's a, something, I think, for your brain yeah. to follow, you know, and your eye. To, people love listicles, right? People love, yeah. Oh, gosh, don't they ever. <laughs> so Birch and Butcher, if you haven't been there, um, has really grown in the last year. It has been open about a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it started out as uh, a restaurant focused around the hearth that is the central spot in the kitchen uh, that, that Miles Borg- Borgrave uh, runs. And it is, uh, it's a place where they use that, that hearth to cook almost everything. You know, they're doing fish, meats, mm-hmm. vegetables, breads in the morning. It's grown quite a bit since those early days. They added brunch. Uh, you know, they do bagels in the morning. They do cinnamon rolls on the mm-hmm. weekends. And I really think it's a restaurant that is growing and getting better, better, you know, each month, really. And one of the things when I, when I talked to, to Miles on the phone about you know, things that he's learning in the restaurant um, and, and about the hearth because, you know, like a lot of restaurants, you know, you don't until you, you know, you maybe only have a little time before the restaurant opens to really get used to your your cooking area, your kitchen. And that was kind of the, the case for him. You know, he was they were just still getting acclimated to the hearth and learning how to cook on it. And, you know, they, it's a wood 
Um, it's a wood uh, hearth. So, you know, they different types of wood that they put on there, you know, de- depending on mm-hmm. what they're cooking. And, you know, certain things go higher and c- certain things go in the middle. Th- certain things go roasted low. You know what I mean? They're, so they just kind of learn, like, where to cook this, how long. And so I was really interested in learning more about that. So he and I had a really, you know, conver- long conversation learning how did you learn? What have mm. you learned from, from it? And one of the one of the really interesting things that he told me was that over the course of time, they came up with different ways to start the heart, start the fire in the morning. Mm-hmm. They had different ways to do it. And the very latest one that they that they have they started doing and they continue to do is a hairdryer. It's the most effective way to get those get that that flame going. Oh, is it a I assume it's a, a, a Pacific hairdryer used for food. They don't bring one from there. I don't. I, I, don't, I didn't ask if it was, you know, like a Conair, you know, something that also had like a flat iron on it. I don't oh, know. Yeah. No, but um, but I thought that was interesting. You know, um, at the time that I talked to him, he was still working on a cocktail mm-hmm. that um, used, used the red hot. No, it used a red hot poker um, from the hearth. That you would add to, you know, whatever ingredients he was he was mixing in this cocktail, mm. it heated those ingredients and kind of caramelized them and created this really interesting cocktail mm. that uses a component of the hearth. Huh. Right? Genius. You want to use every, you know, you want to kind of incorporate that into everything that you do. Oh. I think that's interesting. It's a concept. It's like he's sticking to a concept that drives the creativity. Yes. And when you limit, what, what people say... Oh, I'm I'm more creative when I have a a, a a blank slate. I think that's not true. When you when you are limited to certain things, whether it's money or a, a cooking device or whatever, I think your creativity shines through. Definitely better, better than like oh, a blank slate to do whatever I want. I think that's when creativity kind of dies. You know. I think it's almost <laughs> too much pressure too. Yeah. Too much pressure, and then I think when you have a blank slate, sometimes a lot of that result of a blank slate is not what you think of. But when you you limit yourself to a concept, an idea, resources, that's when I really believe that's creativity. It's just that's when creativity is truly creative, I guess. And and the other point of it, or the other part about doing a story at this time of year, looking back on restaurants. Mm -hmm. A lot of restaurants we're getting into winter now, and so a lot of them are kind of uh, are updating their menus. To reflect that, so so a lot of them are making some interesting changes, mm. and and Birch and Butcher being mm. one of them, they uh you know they did they now have the spare rib dish which we mm. feature on the cover, um that's uh, with orange and chili, um they're also doing a wild hare, uh, riette with apple and fennel and a beef tartare with mustards and shoestring potatoes. Those are just a few of the new mm. things they're doing. Miles had also created sort of a um and right around Thanksgiving this sounded really great. Kind of like its own in its own little crock, like a sweet potato um, with a kind of a marshmallow meringue on top of it. That um, I think he was really digging that he was mm-hmm. able to figure out how to do this in the hearth um, and kind of mimic that sort of that was a it's kind of a popular mm-hmm. dish during Thanksgiving. Although it's it's not something that I you know grew up eating, but I, I know a lot of people did. You know that okay. the sweet. Um, sort of yam dishes, you know yeah. what I mean, with a meringue on top mm-hmm. or marshmallows. Um, so he's always playing around. And I think, you know, play. You know, we, I don't think we, like, um, I don't think we give credit enough, all of us, yeah. as writers, as musicians, as cooks, Anybody to play, to spend time yeah. and just be like, I'm just going to, you know, mess around here. Yeah. It just is healthy. That's good for you. And that's where some of the best ideas come yeah. from. You know? Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. 
Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back on this Bites Milwaukee's Culinary Podcast talking about best new restaurants. Is that what you're saying? Best new restaurants that mm-hmm. uh, came out the, the last 12 months. Uh, or the uh, last 12 years. No, no. I'm <laughs> And I, don't, the, and the, I don't know where that came yeah. from, by the way. And the, and the latest issue, Fitcher 12, we're going to talk about five of those 12. We just mentioned Birch and Butcher. Yeah. Can we, uh, what's the next one uh, that you featured in Milwaukee Magazine? Uh, sure. You know, we, we've talked a lot about trends and a lot about this vegan movement mm-hmm. um, and how plant-based is becoming, you know, a really viable um, style of, of, of mm-hmm. lifestyle yeah. and choice that people are making. And I think it's not going to go away. And we're getting more places that are doing uh, plant-based cooking, plant-based rest- restaurant, the, you know, the focus. that whole focus mm-hmm. and they're doing it really well and they're yeah. doing it without resorting to like renditions of popular meat thing, dishes, meat dishes <laughs> which, you know, is kind of like um, Buffalo fried tofu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, and these places are, are stepping away from that. Strange town is really has become one of my favorite places. And as an omnivore, I think that's, that's really, I mean, I think that's a really, that's, a testament to how well they're doing things mm. because I think anybody can go in there and find something mm. that they would really yeah. like to eat. And this is another place that um, is mixing thing, things up, changing the menu all the time, coming up with new ways to do things, um, reflecting the seasons, reflecting, I don't know, new things that they're playing around with. Um, also, what's interesting is how what they're doing with such a limited kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from talking to one of the owners. It's a small place. It's a small place, <laughs> but they don't really, I mean, they don't have a hood, so they're not doing anything deep fried, which is great mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, you know, I don't think they have a lot of equipment in there yeah. either. And Again, that pushes, as we said before, it pushes creativity. And I think you, what you do is you take something that some perceive as a weakness and you make it yeah. a strength. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. Uh, and I, I just really like what they're, they're just thinking out of the box. They're thinking out of the box, not only about the food menu, but also the cocktails and drinks. Um, you know, when nobody was really doing orange wines, which again is an acquired mm. taste, they were doing that on their menu. And, and Strange Town was doing that too, wasn't it? That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Strange Town. I thought you were about Celesta. I think Celesta's doing a great job yeah. too. Okay. That's, well, that's another one that's yeah. on my list. Um, but I brought up Strange Town first because I think, um, you know, they kind of started that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that not, they're not the only one, but they opened for Celesta okay. and they're actually, uh, I think they, they're, it's, it's cool that they're only maybe two or three blocks from each other on the East mm-hmm. side. And yet they're doing really different things from each other from what, you know what okay. I mean? And you can go to each place and you're not going to get the same thing. Yeah. And they both have different, they both have different strengths. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's a great place and it doesn't, you know, dumb down veganism, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And some places do. Like make simple, as you said, kind of, oh, let's do a burger, but make it mushrooms or do this. But they really push the envelopes of what a vegetable or plant-based dish can be. And mm. I and I think I have more respect for that kind of stuff. And I would be more willing to try vegan dishes if it was like that. More so than, here's my hot dog that's made from a blah, soy blah, blah. product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did, to me, it's like, why bother? Yeah. You know, I want I want you to convince me <laughs> and you know what that's what these places should yeah. be achieving yeah so that, i want I you to convince good. me that this is good that this is filling yeah i want you to tell me but just put it in a, and frying it and calling it a version of a meat dish but it's vegan that's not going to do it for me right you know but right. I, I have much respect for what strange speaking of which i was not and they don't have this here but i was not impressed with the i've tried the impossible burger which mm-hmm. we know is a plant-based burger that 
kind of simulates a beef based burger in that it bleeds. It's good. But I, again, you like it. I don't. I didn't like. I, I, I'm like, to me, why? You know what I'm saying? I guess people, I guess maybe there's people who like love the taste of meat but don't want to eat the meats. Yeah. And I get, I guess, of that the audience. But if you are a person want to just avoid and try, that's that's not the product, I guess. I mean, I assume it has a market for people like there's no cholesterol. It's like, I love meat. Maybe it's really more for meat eaters who want to be healthy <laughs> than vegans or vegetarians. Yeah, but they're but I think it tastes like meat. I, think, I do think there are, there are vegans out there that miss those flavors. Things. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think there are some that are like absolutely yeah. not. I don't want. I've, that. I've re- rarely met like uh, Amalinda. I was gonna say our friend Amalinda. She can't like, stand. Yeah. She hates impossible. She told me that. Like, she I don't like, it. like the taste of meat. And I think that's an interesting uh, product right there. But again, I don't, I don't want fake meat. I want you to like convince me this plant-based stuff, and that like you can create something just as interesting, yeah, as what Ardent can do with like meat or yeah. those places. Also, by the way, going just switching over to Celesta yeah. for a moment, um, they're doing more things with. Um, she makes her own, I think, seitan and mm. other. You know, well, you said she has a. She has like a barbecue. Yeah, no, she does. She's not, um, I don't know if she's doing like the by the pound slices yet, but she definitely incorporates it into certain um, like boxes that you can Mm -hmm. take to go, you know, like meals. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there was, I think honestly for Thanksgiving, I think she had, she had Thanksgiving boxes that you could take like one for one to two people, which I think was a genius idea. You buy, you know, you buy it ahead of time and then you pick it up. And it had something that was like a seitan. Type of thing, but uh, she's she's playing around with a lot of interesting uh, concepts. I think the owner um, Melanie, mm-hmm. and her latest thing is that she's doing these vegan cakes. You know, like special order cakes because mm-hmm. I, I follow her on Instagram. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. I have not tasted them. I don't know, but I know yeah, that vegan baking has come pretty far. Them, yeah. But it was beautiful and using a lot of like fresh fruits and flowers. Because yeah, a part of vegan it. bacon is like it becomes dense. Like when they started doing vegan baking, it became kind of just yeah. dense or dry or not as moist as, you know, you know, milk and eggs can make a cake. And now they have figured that out, I guess. Yeah. Speaking speaking of vegan baked goods, Batches over here has mm-hmm. a really good vegan brownie. Really? That I've just, we've, in our office, we've, we're not that far from mm-hmm. Batches. And it, it's often that people will go for a Batches run mm-hmm. to get some baked goods and Everybody really likes the vegan brownie. I like it too. It's fudgy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not dry and it's not too, it's not gummy. It's not or dense. Too, it's not dense in yeah. the way that I think you're talking yeah. about, but it is fudgy and mm-hmm. and um, satisfying, okay. you know? And that's what um, I think sometimes some of those products just aren't okay. satisfying. You know, they, they just don't, they don't satisfy in the way something would that has butter okay. or eggs in it. Um, what's the next restaurant? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, just go, go on and on, and on, and on, on. About, about them. <laughs> I got to talk about Third Coast because Third Coast Provisions is just, um, it's a, it's a, little, a really they're, great they're restaurant. Over a year, slightly. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. definitely over yeah, a year. Yeah. So when I'm, I'm, I'm you know. Oh, it, almost two years? Yes, I'm giving them a little bit. There's, there's a little, a little bit cushion. of leeway there. A little cushion, yeah. A little cushion. And I love, uh, I love that space. If you would ask yeah. me, like, you know, like, what are my list of some of my the favorite new interiors? Mm-hmm. I think it's just a beautiful restaurant. I mean, they did a really nice job. If you mm. want that, it's a very light and bright, you know, a lot of accents mm. that are sparkly and gilded. Very beautiful. Have you been? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, been, been, been um, okay. And, you know, downstairs think, they have an oyster bar. Yeah. 
you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. No, I was it's just on like, Milwaukee Street. Didn't we go to Third Coast one point? Not with you. No, no, I, no, I wasn't there. You went with some someone I know. I think oh. a friend of mine, but I wasn't okay. there. Um, but uh, so one of the things that that we did in this article was, um, you know, how we're always thinking of different ways to to write about restaurants or for me to cover restaurants if I've already written about them in mm-hmm. other ways. So I did some pairings. So I'm I'm kind of kind of help the reader. Well, if, okay, if I want to order the lobster potholes. What's a great beverage to have so, with it? No, w- they're amazing. I wish they wouldn't put it like that. I wish you just put it in a pint glass. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just drink it. Right. I know. And every I've I've actually suggested to a number of people in there and they've, you know, come back and said, Yeah, I gotta those lobster potholes are absolutely amazing. Um they also have a great market fish that you can, you know, that mm-hmm. changes all the time. Yeah. Um there's so many things on that menu that I that I like and I, I really like how he goes in and the direction of crudo that's a little more like and, sushi and seafood restaurants in the, in the Midwest. It's just, it's, it's a challenge to find a, mm-hmm. a decent one just because you're in the Midwest. And I think know? they've found a niche because yeah. there are fewer, I mean, yeah, there's definitely Harbor house. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's on a casual sense. You can go to St. Paul fish market yeah. and, and sit there and get, you know, some seafood, but there aren't a lot of these places that are, that are really doing that and really yeah. focusing and maybe doing it and in doing a, well, doing well, and doing it in a really lively, vibrant mm-hmm. way. Um, I think a lot of really um, just great, bright flavors. Mm-hmm. I love the. I, I think they're doing a lot of really. I mean, not over seasoning dishes and not overcooking. Because seafood is sometimes and, if you get if you get good seafood, you really don't. The, the, you want to do too much with it because just a wanna, little bit of butter, a little yeah. bit of whatever brings out the freshness, right? You know, and we were talking about Sugarfest last week. Sugarfest yeah. sushi. It's like love to go there. We're talking about like because of technology and whatnot, you can get some of the greatest seafood now delivered daily. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a premium, but I think it'd be worth it to more restaurants doing that, mm-hmm. so people can really taste what. Oh my God, what what the coasts are tasting just because of you know it's so easy now to get that flown in, right? You yeah, know, and not I, settle for frozen stuff. Oh yeah. gosh, no. Um, and you know, if you're into oysters, I know you really like oysters. Yes. This is a great place to get them fresh. You can get them char grilled. The char grill is oh, my favorite. I know. I love the char grilled. And just it just you, the transforms and yeah. little caramelization. They're still not cooked. They're just just a little bit. I of heat. like that charred. Yeah. I like that that little bit of um, got the brine and the char. Brine and the chard together yeah. and a little salty. I love that. Uh, I like they do the oyster shooter, the cocktail. Oh, I love that one. The, and to, so that's a great way to just incorporate mm-hmm. um, the bar program with what you're doing on the menu. Some of the best oyster shoes I've ever had. So I, I just, I like the way they're mixing it up. They also have a really good pastry chef there. They're doing some pretty interesting desserts. Well, they're a little Parker more rolls. Deconstructed. Oh, the Parker House oh, rolls. Yeah. yeah, with butter. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, a, we could do a whole nother segment on pl- places that are doing their own breads and really good breads yeah. with their own whipped butter. Wow. Someday we could do that. I want to make my own butter. Or we could days. just make our own bread and butter and sit yeah. here and talk about it. I think that's it. my goal next year is to make my own butter. Really? Because it's just cream, right? I'm coming over. It's just cream, right? And you just whip it past whipped cream. Is that basically Whip it, it good. Whip it real good. Because basically you're using cream and you're making butter out of cream. Yeah. I but it's d- like, it's go past. I don't know how cream? long you have to whip it. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't I don't know that process. Okay. Anyway. You're gonna figure this out. Yeah. And you're gonna I, add sea salt to it, a little bit yeah. of sea salt. I thought it would be a nice little simple project for me. I'll just make, to make you butter. some bread if you if you make the butter. Yeah. Anyway. Then you might have to use special cream. Can't probably use grocery store cream. 
I don't know. Tariq, yeah. you are you are going past what I know about. <laughs> I don't know how to make cream. I, I don't. Uh, if, anyway. Yeah, if somebody's listening and knows. I thought you might, you know. I've not. I've not. Give all those compliments. It's, well, you know, I've, that my farm <laughs> days have long been over. Uh, okay, so going back to our list, I'm going. I'm. I'm going to bring up one that's not even new. This okay. Is, and, and you're like, well, why is this even in the story? Well, because it's new to me, and somehow this one was one a place that I did not really discover uh, for a long time. I knew about it. I'd had a couple things there, but I didn't really like get into the food until recently and that is Blue Star Cafe. Um, have you been to this restaurant? You, it is on Farwell. I think we Farwell. briefly talked about it. They're, we did. They're Indian? They are or, not Indian. What, what, are, what cuisine are they? They're Somali. Somali, that's right. Yeah. I remember they were featured somewhere. Oh yeah. On, was it like Eater, Thrillist? Or no, it was, list? it came up because on was Yelp. Yelp, yes, Yelp, Yelp it's season. one of the top rated restaurants yeah. on Yelp. It was like number two, number three. Yeah, it yeah. was up there. It was I can't up remember there why after, that like, name, because we talked about that. I'm like, why yeah. did that name come out? Yeah. But uh, it's just a, a, a counter service restaurant, really friendly. The owners are absolutely delightful. It's a mother and son. The son does the cooking. They are from Somalia. And uh, you can go and get something to go or sit there and, you know, they'll, you know, they have, you know, eat there. But they have some specialties that are craveable. Really? They're just really, well, first of all, there is a little bit of a parallel to India. So I, I, I know where you're going with that because they have these pastries that are like samosas, Mosas, but yeah. they're called sambusas. And they do, they, they do their version um, and they have different fillings. So mm. beef or chicken, they have a, veg- a vegetable version. They're fried. They're wonderful. You have to get them. Um, they do a version um, in Somalia of um, of hummus that is lighter and almost. Uh, it's not. It, it's less peanutty or less sesame. You know, tahini. nutty. It, it's so they probably don't use tahini. It may be yogurt. Okay. There, it's something that's almost tangier, but and it's the texture is really, really light, mm. and it's really great. You should try their hummus there if you're. And I love hummus mm-hmm. in restaurants. I, and I, I when it, when it's made well, I don't like to buy it. I like homemade hummus. Yeah, still got to try my black IP hummus. I that's do. You're absolutely right. Courtesy um, of Michael Twitty. Yes, and um, I would hope one of these days that when I get here in the morning, you will have it ready <laughs> for me. Yeah. What do you what okay, well, we won't get into that now. Uh, they also have these platters that you can order. So um, you know, they do these different kinds of meat-based dishes and then they're served over like um, over like angel hair pasta or um, rice, or they also have something that's kind of um, they have a dish called Kai Kai. I think I'm saying it right, but I'm not sure. But um they put you have to have their goat. The goat meat yeah. there is wonderful, and it's served over these kind of fried pieces of flatbread, and that's called kai kai. That's one of the dishes wow. that they have that there. That sounds really yeah. good right now. That sounds like a breakfast I would eat. It's not even a breakfast. It's an any time of day. Yeah, I would call just, it more it, of a lunch or dinner. To me, that's like that's the breakfast I yeah. would enjoy. Well, what's nice is that you also go in there, and the menu is up um, on the on the wall, and you can kind of customize the way you want to okay. have it. You know. And whether you're a beef eater or, you know, chicken or you're vegetarian, mm-hmm. you can get something there. And I just really like what they're doing. And it's in this little spot um, in a, on Farwell that you just speed by and across the street. It's close to Maharaja, but not directly okay. across from. I've probably it's actually, never seen it. 
It's part of this little, it's like next to an H&R block or something. Does it it's, have like a big sign or no? It doesn't have a big sign. Like I, I used to like go no. that, that route all the time. Yeah, you got to get in there. It's really good. No. no. I really think you'd like it. It's been there for a while, huh? It's been there for like seven years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, shame on me. Shame yeah, on me. Shame on you for not informing me and informing our listeners sooner. I know, but here I'm trying to rectify <laughs> that now. Um, you know... We don't talk enough about going to the theater, no, going to the cinema and, yeah. and um, you know, dining, but not really dining inside the cinema. I mean, that's its own thing, right? I mean, you Nachos, can go, pizza, popcorn. Yeah, I mean, that's getting to be a thing. You can you can order. Well, the Marcus someone comes Theater around. has the Bistro Plex out yeah, there. Yeah, and Fox Bay Cinema, yeah. someone comes and takes your order. Uh, this is a little different concept down in Bayview um, at the Avalon Theater. The owners who, who run the theater also opened a little... Mediterranean style restaurant called Mistral, which I think is a little bit of an is is kind of it's not a secret restaurant, but you don't hear a lot about it. No, it's <clears throat> it's a little bit kind of off the beaten path mm-hmm. because you don't expect as you drive by when there's a marquee yeah. that there's a restaurant, restaurant right yeah. there too. So a um, restaurant of that caliber, right? Attached to a theater. Yeah. So Joe Schreider is the head chef there. Um, he's also the chef of their other business, which is called Sheridan House down mm. in, I think that's St. Francis. Um, but he's doing a lot of really fun things that have this sort of Mediterranean, Moroccan, North African, you know, certain parts yeah. of Western Europe. I don't know. There's a lot of different influences going on here. And I really like what he's doing. And the menu is not huge. And I love Which, that. To me is a bonus. What I love like? small menus. Yeah, I love small menus. You cannot I I think that the another problem we talk about, you know, you talk about the we were talking about creativity earlier mm-hmm. and like not having a focus versus opening up the playing field to anything. Like cheesecake factories like yeah, 30 I think pages menu. When you try to do everything <laughs> that can be Yeah. It's just too hard. It's that's, too hard. Try to, there's you know. a story side note. There's a story. I forgot where I saw it. I didn't get a chance to read it. There was a uh, writer found out why Cheesecake Factory's menu is so big, which is kind of interesting. I didn't, I wanted to read it because I was just curious, like why. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't even. Sh- I'm not sure. I want to know. Continue on, right? With Mr. So it's a mix of small plates and larger shareable plates, which mm-hmm. is really common in the sense that you know the idea is sharing. You're sharing mm-hmm. with your diner in a way that's, um, or you could get your own dish if you mm-hmm. don't like to share, because we know people don't yeah, don't, don't like to share. Yeah. Um, not but, sharing is caring. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, anyway, one of my favorite dishes that that Joe has been doing kind of since they opened last, uh, earlier this year, actually, is this halibut with green garlic hummus. So good. Yeah. I don't know. So you've had it with the pickled cucumber and the cherry tomatoes that, and the pumpkin seed oil. And I had the, the octopus. Yeah, the octopus is great. With the, uh, pers- the, 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 the sauce, the pine nut sauce. Like a pesto? No, it's romesco. Romesco. Oh, I love romesco sauce. So good, so good, and the octopus is cooked to perfection. But yeah. yeah, the halibut is, yeah. And also, they were doing. And I think he's been playing around with some different desserts now. But what I loved was he um, was doing just a really simple dessert of like four different things, kind of like a mezza, mm-hmm. where you'd have like a little bite of of something different, like a fresh, a truffle that they made there, like a candy truffle, mm. um, like a, a, a cookie, like a middle like a Mediterranean style mm. cookie. And then there was like a, like a stuffed, um, 
dried apricot. So there were just little bites that you could share because I feel like at the end of the meal, you still, I still want a little bite of something sweet, but oftentimes I don't want some giant dessert. So I, I really appreciate that. So I like what he's, I love what he's doing with this menu. And another point I wanted to make about this, um, when I talked about, or I talked to him about what he was doing for winter, he told me that his philosophy about winter menus um, is not to make dish, uh, dishes a lot heavier with heavier sauces. He likes to go the opposite route and make them lighter, almost like the lighter consommes and the mm. broths and the vinaigrettes, um, bringing in some of these fresh, fresher, lighter flavors, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because everybody wants to do the heavy, heavy. the heavy sauces, the, yeah. you know, and the, the cassoulets and the bolognese yeah. and the stews and the short ribs and things like that. And I he's, sometimes it's just, that's a little too well, much sometimes. You, but I th- also think that, you know, that's what he likes to do. That's, that's an asset of mm-hmm. his. He's playing, you know, he's, he's, he's playing on his strengths, his strengths there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. And sometimes you don't want to, you want to break from all that too. So it's nice to have that option. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What's cool about this place is probably, I would say, even though I don't do it because anyway, I'm not going to get into why, but I think that's probably, if you're looking for the perfect date in Milwaukee, a movie and dinner right there is probably the perfect date. Right. And that's what's kind of sweet about this because you can get in there, you know, before the show time yep. or after the after show time and have a nice meal mm-hmm. and then see a, a movie mm-hmm. and not have to move your car, walk, yeah. not even walk outside get the door. Get some really good cocktails. It's like, yeah, if, if I was, if was going to create a listicle of the best date places, it would be Avalon and Mistral, definitely in the top five. It is kind of you know, dark, intimate, romantic-y. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a little cubby hole in the mistral if you see it. There's oh, like, is that like that, the the where you can, like a little bit of the, um like the romantic seating area? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Like the, the like table little, for lovers? Yeah, and it's like has lovers. a little, yeah. 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 I've seen it. I have not I'm not a romantic type that. and I'm not the dateable type, but if, if I was, <laughs> that's where I would go. <laughs> I think we have one more restaurant. Okay. All right. All right, Tariq. You got me. Okay, pizza. (laughs) I got to talk pizza because Milwaukee is a really big pizza town. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we talk about pizza and what is Milwaukee-style pizza, people think thin crust, cracker crust, Zafiro-style pizza, which I love. However, in the last year, year and a half, we're seeing more places that are interested in the Naples-style pizzas, putting in wood wood ovens so that they can make these crusts that are pillowy Uh and charred. And they don't have a lot of toppings yeah, on them. Yeah, like probably two at most. <laughs> well, and not even over applied. Like yeah. you might have like, che- you know, some fresh mozzarella Rosella. in certain spots. And then what happens is the the inside of, or the middle part of the pie is often a little on the wet side. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the style. Yeah. That's the way the pizza is. Mm-hmm. So um, Pizzeria San Giorgio is uh, a new place. It's opened by the the Calderon Club family, and it's open right next door to Calderon Club on Old World Third Street. And they have a wood um, a wood burning oven, and they went the whole nine yards. They decided to get certified so that they are uh, the only restaurant in Milwaukee that is a certified Neapolitan style. Pizza. I didn't know there's a certification. Process. There's a certification process. Is it from Naples? Italy? Yes. So there's there's a, there's a board of. Yes. I'm pretty sure probably some very old men. From no, Milan. I don't think so because I think what happens. <laughs> and is, how do you get certified? Do you have to make the you have to go to Naples and make the pizza for them, or that, that, you have to meet with them. Yeah, you have to actually train under a pizziolo. Oh wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
You also have to get a specific style of oven. Like it has to be a certain oven that you buy. You want to use a very specific um, flour. And then like zero zero flour or something like that. Yes. Yes. I don't see that. Um, Where do you find that? At? I don't know. You might I've been have been looking order for it. that like everywhere. You I think. don't know if you can buy it here. I think you have to, have to order, order it. it. Okay. Um, I'm just like it's so. I've seen more recipes lately and cookbooks, yeah. and I'm like, you expect the grocery stores will follow the trend and start offering that flour. I, I see all know, other though. types of flour, right? Well, what what do you want it for? I just saw recipes. I don't know. I just remember seeing it in a lot of different recipes lately. It I'm was assuming- pasta. Oh, pasta, yeah, okay. And you think being a, a city that loves Italian food and a lot of Italian restaurants, that would be available to get. I have not seen it. Um, unless, you know, maybe Gloriosos might have it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't so. know where you've looked. Um, but your mozzarella, very mm-hmm. specific buffalo mozzarella, um, whole milk, um, your tomatoes. I mean, it mm-hmm. is, a, it, and you have to be... Um, you have to follow those rules, not just when you decide to get certified, but like... Do they check up on they, you? They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. But in Sheboygan, um, if you've been to Il Retrovo, that mm. is certified Naples style. Mm. Um, I think there's a place in Madison. Um, or there's two, maybe two places. Oh, there's two places in Sheboy- Sheboygan and one in Madison. There's only four in the state of Wisconsin mm. that are doing it. Um, it's a big, you know, it's it's a big commitment to do that. Um, and once you buy an oven like that, it's huge and it's probably like, 6,000 pounds, and when you put it in there, you have you have decided <clears throat> that this is for life. You know, <laughs> this is a relationship that you are building for life. But their pizzas are just outstanding, <clears throat> and they use that wood-roasted oven to do, like, wood-roasted chicken. They don't is have a allowed? huge other menu. Is that loud in the certification? I think so. so I think so. I thought it's just, you can't cook anything else in that, just pizza, if you do that. Well, like, I don't take away believe their certification. so. I don't <laughs> believe so. Um, I'm just curious how strict, like, it just it just fascinates me. Like, you go to this Naples, and they just, like, question you, and, like, I just visualize, like, kind of like a, a becoming a lawyer kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I'm, my it whole imagination be. is, like. It's interesting, yeah. right? Because it makes you want to know, like, yeah. what does that you know, mean? What, what do you have box? to do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, they also do, like, bruschettas and really nice salads. Um, but again, a very not a huge menu. Mm. Not a huge menu. And where is it located? It's on Old World 3rd Street, right next to Calderon Club. So that huh. is Old World 3rd and um, I would say Kilbourne. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Got some places to visit uh, before the year's out. Well, that concludes uh, this week's edition of This Bites. Coming close to the end of 2018. Can you believe it was t- almost 2020? We plus have flying cars. Which are flying cars? Anyway, I'm uh, expecting the Jetsons. I, I was I was hoping to live in that yeah. kind of Jetsons life. Yeah, such a now. letdown. I know the future is such a letdown. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, about again. So I want to pre- wish people happy holidays and uh, wishing people happy New Year. Um, this bite's produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the licensed lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine. You want to check out those, all 12 of those restaurants that Ann has meticulously written about. You can do so on newsstands now or links. We'll link to the, the some of those over at Milwaukee Magazines at our website. And as always, Ann, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Speaking of that, I had a Malort cocktail from Foundation, which was delightful it was earthy 
and had a hint of malort, but it was very delightful. The foundation you, did a malort cocktail. Yeah. You oh. like sour cocktails? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how sour. Sure. I mean, I yeah. like sour. You probably like it. Okay. But you know, you know, I don't. I don't drink malort. Well, we'll. I well, won't drink malort. Yeah. There's a. There's, there's a. <laughs> we'll, we'll make you drink more. There's yeah. Tariq is. This is always. This is you know the thing. Tariq thinks he's going to change me. Oh, I change. I, I change everybody. Malort drinking fiend. I am a. I am a change agent. You are a change agent. That is true. Well, have a great weekend, Anne. You too. Thanks.